Yeah, the recording has started, so don't say anything that you don't want other people to hear when they download this later. Uh, so this month's uh, book was Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. I, you know, it's an oldie but a goodie. A lot of people, it's on a lot of people's top book lists. And when I always, you know, every time someone asks for a book recommendation, I'm always taking a post or a picture of those lists and putting it in my Evernote so that when I'm looking for new books for us to add to our uh, club, I you know, look back and, and, and see if there's any that interest me. And I thought it would be fun to do something which I thought would just be more light reading versus the whole you know, personal development make you think in the middle of the hot summer. So, uh, so that's why I picked it. And I really, really, really enjoyed it. So. Um, I think my biggest takeaway in the whole book, and I posted this uh, on, on social, was where he said, um, there is no finish line. And you know, that, you know, th that kind of goes along Gary Vaynerchuk's theme, which is uh, you know, just keep working, keep working, keep working, or you know, keep doing what you love. And don't, you know, because it's so true, even when you set goals and you reach your goals, you're, sometimes people get depressed when they reach their goals. So, you know, there's no finish line. Keep doing what you love and, and, and be grateful or value the process, right? It's like Gary says, I want to buy the New York Jets, but it's really about the process and getting there that, you know, feeds me. And so I thought, you know, and I, I posted that we all are familiar with the just do it tagline that they don't even talk about in the book. So that, I don't know why that wasn't talked about in the book. It didn't seem like it uh, happened afterwards. Um, and then someone else mentioned on a post I did recently that one of his guys wrote a follow-up book and the, the poster said that he enjoyed, I, I guess it was uh, Swasser, that's not the right name, but um, one of the t his executive, one of the but Yeah, J.B. Strasser wrote a book called Swoosh, yeah. which is the unauthorized okay. story of Nike. I have to read that now. Now well, I'm like fascinated. It. It, it, it came out in uh, 1987. So did, which is so that, just did, as um, Air Jordan had started to blow up, ah. and uh, it, was, it was basically half the book is on Blue Ribbon Sports, uh -huh. and uh, how and how um, Knight and company decided that they didn't want to be beholden to the Chinese any longer. Yeah, it was it's amazing just, how old things are now new things. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Exactly. But I mean, I was just fascinated by the fact that, and again, I said it earlier on the call, I was on pins and needles, how long they went with literally being a minute away from bankruptcy. Th that went on for years, right? Really, until they went public, which I'm, I think was like 10 or 12 years into the business, right? Who knows? I don't know. I didn't write down those facts, but it was definitely. Was 1980. I think they went public in '80. Okay, and and, and right. he was and they founded it in what '64. Yeah. So, 16 years into it, every day was a struggle. 
every day, you know, they were, you know, one bank kicking them out, you know, one partner, you know, it, they were one partner away or one, you know, uh, shell game away from going under. I found that to be fascinating. And I felt very naive as I was reading the book because I just, you know, I didn't know the history. And I know that all entrepreneurs, we, we, we know that all entrepreneurs struggle in the beginning, but I don't, I don't know of any other story where you have this huge billion, gazillion dollar company that struggled. You know, who, who else would put, I mean, I can't believe that for 16 years, he and that team just kept it up with all of the obstacles they faced on a daily basis. That's what the biggest takeaway from for me, which, you know, we can talk about all the other, like, I think, Larry topics, but I just from found what I've gathered, amazing. What I've gathered about <laughs> Nike and their creation to uh, a couple of key things that they did and the timing of, of a bunch of things all at once. It was, it was a series of kismet, uh, amazing timing, and um, from their first, from, the, from, from Jump Street with Prefontaine to uh, Frank Shorter to Michael Jordan, how they bought the air concept uh, for pennies on the dollar, really. Right. And, and how the whole marketing behind it all became what it is. And right. how Nike lost um, the running shoe market and then got it back. There was a time right. where, where and, and this has only been a recent phenomenon in the last like two, three years. And if it's one thing that Nike still fails at is, is, uh, is um, athletic wear. It's still junk, and it's something that they've always struggled with, and it's, it's something that they still struggle with. Mm-hmm. But then again, look at uh, Under Armour as another case. When Under Armour first came onto the market, it was great stuff, but the bigger they got, the shoddier their, their clothing became. Yeah. I loved when I loved the whole story about the guy Prefontaine, which I think they got him to wear his their shoes for I think it was or their endorsement for five thousand, right? And the guy goes and buys a car, and then right. he he eventually dies in the car, which again Steve Prefontaine is uh, an American hero. You know, it, it's not like he's just some guy. You have to rephrase that. Yeah. You know, he well, was he was there he was there in '72 at the Olympics. He was right. going to be the uh, great American hope at 76, but anyway. Yeah, the, the big my, hero, trainer, my trainer in the morning at the gym said there's a, there is a documentary on him that is really good, but I might go back and pre? watch now. Yeah. On pre? Yeah. They, they made a couple of movies, one starring Jared Leto about 10 years ago, and another one came out with Tom Cruise in the role. Um, There's there's a number of books and a a number of things on pre that are worth reading. The guy was the first American runner to run fearless against the Europeans. He put the fear of Jesus into the Africans. 
So, the, so some of the other things that you that we get from the book is that he talks about failing fast and having crazy ideas. You know, the the book starts for those of you that haven't read it, where he says, you know, that he wants to create, you know, be someone who will import running shoes from the Japanese and has this crazy idea and his dad is this straight-laced guy who, you know, he says, I know my dad's not going to go for this. And then, um, you know, he just is always pushing, pushing the envelope on my crazy idea. And, and ha- millions, of, you know, tons and tons of people just told him they thought he was crazy, but he just kept going with the crazy idea. And, and in one of, the, one of the quotes in the book is he says, you're, not rem- you're remembered for the rules you break. And I think that, you know, that's so true. There's, you know, some of us on the call are very, are trying to be very involved in social media, which our commercial real estate industry is significantly lagging behind on. And I think, you know, two years ago, people thought that some of us that were on social were crazy. And now, I, don't, I think they think we're less crazy, but they're still slow to adapt. But I found, you know, I found a lot of what Phil Knight, you know, talked about in the book about failing fast, no finish line, the crazy ideas, um, you know, refreshing. Because now you see the end result of that. So, you know, he talked a lot about forgetting limits. Um, you know, forget your limits. Try to remove the doubts in your mind. Don't be thinking about pain or the past. You know, which is, you know, in my book, Don't Say No for the Prospect, that goes along that theme just because you went into, you know, the store in the shopping center and, you know, they kicked you out of the store. Didn't you see that no soliciting sign? You know, he talks about forget the pain, forget the past, you know, forget your limits, forget your doubts, and keep moving forward. And I think we all need to do that in our business because, you know, that's what sales is all about. You know, right, Eddie? Absolutely. I absolutely love, and I posted about that as well, as far as the quote about breaking rules? Yeah. Because I get in quite a bit of trouble in my office. Well, yeah, like what? So do I. Example. Just for posting, I'm really quick to post, and I like to do almost in-time type posts. And one example was a couple weeks ago, we've got four interns working with us, and I posted a video with the intern and I had to pull it down because I didn't realize that the marketing team also wanted to do videos. <laughs> but the silly thing about it is it's been weeks now, and those intern videos haven't been posted. We did it. We took two minutes. We had it posted within an hour. But I think, like, now is a good thing in our world. Like, let's show what we're doing. Let's move and groove versus I feel like a lot of commercial real estate stuff moves very slowly. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that, you know, especially with content, posting when you have the idea is more important than making sure you, you know, really think it out or research it out. I mean, I think research is good and if you want to put a link or things like that. But, you know, a lot of times when you're in the moment, you're the most creative 
And if you're feeling like this would be a good post, it probably is going to be instinctually. And if you wait to do it more organized or more thorough or let me read it again, I think uh, posts would be less put out there if we, if we were doing more analysis paralysis. I agree 100%. How about the guy, the tax collector guy, that, you know, the power-hungry government worker? I, I don't know if you guys heard this or read this, but he ended up saying that that guy who was trying to get him to pay, what, $25 million for uh, tariffs or, you know, import fees, he mm -hmm. ended up saying that that guy was the guy who gave the order on Waco. Did you guys read that? Yeah. How did I miss I that? <laughs> and I, I listened to the book. It was so funny. I could not, I just loved the book. Every time I got in the car, sometimes, you know, some of these other books, I'll like, you know, really make a conscious effort. Okay, I'm, gonna, I'm going, on a, going to Miami. It's a 45-minute drive. I'm going to listen to the book for 30 minutes. With this book, I would be running to the supermarket for five minutes and listening to this book. I really enjoyed it. But, I, but it was such, a, such like a backhanded comment. I rewound it. I said, did he just say that that guy is the one that put out the order for Waco? And sure enough, that was, I thought that was bizarre. That guy was such a jerk. But how about, the, how about the negotiation examples between the Japanese and between the debenture people and between his employees. How about the employee, Johnson, who kept writing the letters saying, please write back with encouragement. <laughs> For anyone that's on the phone that did not read this book, I cannot or highly recommend this book. I mean, it was just so entertaining, I thought. You know, besides, I mean, I like, you know, I love Never Split the Difference and I love the Jeff Blunt books. But this one just had an actually, air. Actually, Jeff Johnson. Jeff Johnson was the guy who brought the air idea to Nike. He's the one who found oh. it. Oh, really? Oh, I, I thought it was a different guy that did. No, so he, he found was, it, and then yeah, he, he found it, it, and then he, 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 yeah, they bought the idea for like they nothing. bought the idea. How, so he, how about how about the the swoosh logo for thirty five dollars from the artist? Yeah, how much did Coca-Cola yeah, well, cost? Yeah. Well, so, do you guys, who knows the backstory? So, the, the swoosh did cost them $35, but what, they paid her. When, when, when Nike went public, they paid her. They gave her, I don't know, like 100 shares or whatever it was. So, it's equivalent to like $2 million today. So, oh, she, well, she got... Her risk, she, she kind of got a payback. I mean, she didn't ask for anything, but you know, Phil Knight gave it to her as basically saying, "Thank you for growing our company." And, but, and well, I'm so glad he did that. That didn't come out in the book, obviously. And then, and how about no. the whole, the whole top, the whole discussion about how he picked Nike, the name, right? That he was, right. you know, he kept thinking about what that Dimension Six and all these different names. And finally, they said, look, you've got to pick. You've got two minutes. Just pick a freaking name. And he goes, okay, Nike. <laughs> so all of the, the – so I highly recommend for all of us, including myself, you know, we're doing I'm, – I'm 
right now that we did some filming last week of an online class, and the guy's sending me these logos of, "Well, do you want this? Do you want this? Do you want this?" And you know, and they're and they're all in my office. They're all debating. Well, we like this one. No, we like just look at pick one. It doesn't matter. Just pick one in a minute. Just pick pick the logo of of the online class and be done with it. You know, and the whole analysis paralysis can really stop you from focusing on the things that are really important and putting and having time available to do stuff that moves the needle ahead versus some of the other some things are you know don't right well the, the, the beauty of what Nike has become how they're still uh, you know they still move very quickly on the ground level in terms of how they approach athletes now how they sponsor athletes now versus you know, it, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to go up a chain to, uh, you know, people just below Phil to say yes, we will do this. It, it, you know, they're they're all broken down into verticals now. And each vertical has a budget that they got to do, and they got to find the next. You know, Zion Williamson. Is he going to be a Nike guy? Is he a Nike guy? Well, I don't even know who that is. He's the number one draft pick in the NBA. Oh, Beth, you, Beth, you really don't know who Zion Williamson is? <laughs> Basketball, oh. baby. If it's not football, come on. I, I'm about football and golf. That's it. Um, You've got to do a quick Google search when you get off the phone. Is that the guy that you were taking pictures of from, from Alabama or North Carolina or Charlotte or – and He's then the other side of the is, if you're, if you're watching the Diamond League, if you're watching Diamond League track and field, all, everybody is sponsored by Nike. How about his, he, he had a Nike huge, wanted, oh, go ahead, sorry. No, because Nike wanted to be on the podium of every single track and field thing. That's where they were born. He had a huge distaste for Adidas, right? Well, the, the story of Adidas has always been Adidasler, and that's just the way it is. I think the the biggest uh, competition to Nike in the early days was Reebok. Was what Reebok? Reebok came out of nowhere to say, "Hey, we're we're going to do this too." Yeah. Huh. Well, I thought I thought when the guy, the executive who left him and went over to Adidas, and then the guy died, and they never, you know, they never made up. That was very sad. And I think, and you know, sorry about the spoiler alert for you guys that haven't read the book, but the loss of his son, you know, was heartbreaking. And I think he retired within months of his son passing away. I think that was. I feel that that was the timeline. So yeah, I I I didn't read enough of the history to get that far down. I only read till about 1990. Oh, yeah. So um, what else did you guys get from the book? What I what I think is interesting is that how when you know his his young experiences, you know, what after graduated. Stanford and just basically traveled the world, I, I think really set him up for success for his ideas. You know, he, he traveled Asia, he traveled, you know, across the 
know, in that part of the town, in that part of the world, and that really those experiences helped him navigate, you know, how to get, you know, to work with Anasuka and to work with the Chinese, the Japanese, and it, it, it really paved the way for his success. Because I think if he would have not made that trip, Nike's not here. It's, it's a commercial, sure. you know, we're only talking about Right. I, de- I definitely think having a more world view was he was able to go back and, and you know, and, he, and look, he had that meeting, right? He, 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 he didn't even know what he was doing, but he called for the meeting. It's kind of, you know, I don't know, are you guys familiar with who Jesse Itzler is? He is Sorry, married. Sorry, that again? Jesse Itzler. He is married to Sarah Blakely, who owns... Um, who owns Spank. And Jesse created, I think, uh, one of the private air companies, uh, Jet And Jesse, I heard Jesse speak, and he said the following, if there's not a seat at the table, you know, make yourself one. And I found Jesse had a situation, had a situation where, where he had this crazy idea that he wanted to get membership in like timeshares. And everyone thought he was crazy and he had a situation where uh, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon needed to get, you know, he wanted to get a meeting with them and that they needed to get to some shoot. And he said, you know, I'll fly you. And like he didn't have a plane or anything and he went and got a plane and he flew these guys and, and he sat in the back of the plane with them and talked to them about this NetJet idea and before they landed they bought, you know, so many shares of this NetJet company, which then a few years later, uh, Warren Buffett buys it for a gazillion dollars. And that's how I feel that happened with Phil Knight. You know, he was in Japan, finds, you know, this 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 factory and this this guy who he gets this meeting with and then says, hey, will you let me sell your shoes in the U.S.? You know, just a fluke thing, and, and but not hearing all of the negative voices self-induced and, and by other people, right? I mean, he did, remember in the beginning, he, was, he had this whole plan to travel the world, and he goes to Hawaii, and he goes, oh, this is a nice place. Maybe I'll just stay here and get a job. So he, there were times where he absolutely could have gotten derailed and did get derailed momentarily, but then kept on with his goal. But you're right. Had he not followed through and gone to Japan and had that meeting, I would have Holy crap. Sorry, sorry. The uh, time trial at the Tour de France just finished, and the uh, yellow jersey won the time trial by 14 seconds over the number two guy. So the yellow jersey retains the yellow jersey but picks up another 14 seconds. Amazing. (laughs) Amazing. So... So what do you, so you know have you guys in your you know look Aaron Aaron you still on the phone call? I am here yeah for another five minutes. Okay and so you know you're, I know this is one of your I, I read this book because of your recommendation so thank you so much because I really loved it but you know you're starting a whole new business 
And, you know, have people discouraged you? Have you had your own limitations thinking, can I do this? I mean, you're jumping into a whole new world. Yeah, absolutely. It happens all the time. Um, I get profiled for looking young or be, or leaving a great job, which you knew, you know how great my job was before. And uh, so, yeah, there's been a lot of doubt and uh, I'm sure, you know, and for a lot of, for a lot of those people who are doubters, um, there's, there's probably an equal amount of people who we're all smiling and thumbs up to my I love the idea. Oh, I'm sorry. Hello? Yeah. Anyway, so um, what I was saying is there's probably an equal amount of people who are um, very encouraging to my face that I'm sure as soon as I leave, especially like an ICSC, like, yeah, that guy's an idiot. He, you know, he just, we don't, we don't even know what his plan is. Like, good luck to that guy. So, um, yeah, it happens all the time. And, um, and then of course the self-talk is, is a, is a major hurdle, right? You know, you've got, uh, every day is an emotional roller coaster. You know, you feel like a deal is going in the right direction that you've been working on for three months. Maybe you get a PSA signed and you've got a property under contract. And then an hour later it all may fall apart. And, um, that's that's the emotional roller coasters that come with this business, um, and not having any blankets behind it. But the rewards are are um, are incredible, and I wouldn't give it up for anything. So, how do you overcome the negative self-talk? Um, sticking to reading my five goals that I have written down on my in my on my bookmark every night. And very cool. Very just, cool. Um, very cool. And just staying focused. Yeah, thanks. Uh, and just staying focused on the task at hand. I mean, luckily, I as 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 emotionally as excited as I can get at times, I, I get over it very quickly. And then, as as emotionally upset as I can get about certain things at times, I get upset for about five minutes and then just work harder. Because if you do anything else, you'll drive yourself crazy or or fire yourself, which is even worse. Well, and. I appreciate you being so so vulnerable because I can tell you that everyone on the call has felt all of those things no matter what we're doing in our career. And no matter if we're working for someone else or we're working for ourselves or we're trying to go after a crazy idea, you know, so Grant Cardone and Damon John both say that, you know, they highly recommend reading their, you know, their goals at night, at every night and every morning. And I think that's so true because if you have a hiccup, and you're constantly, you understand the goal in sight, you can kind of put your head down and say, okay, well, that didn't work this way. Let me try another way. Or, you know, let me come up with another idea. Because there's, you know, 15 ways to, to, to solve problems, right? I mean, it's, it's, there's not just one way. Right, right, right. I, I completely agree. Uh, what, are, uh, what was your favorite part of the book, since it's your recommendation before you have to hop off? You've already done a good job of touching on it. I, I, the, the guy's persistence, I, you know, people can, can get set in their ways and, and sort of be blind to practicality and reality. But, you know, I, I think that was also, that might have been his biggest curse, but I thought that was Phil Knight's biggest blessing too, is that he could have easily, you know, said, you know what, this business is worth $50 million. If I cut some expenses and stop and stop growing and just kind of maintain the existing book, I can probably take home a million or $2 million a year. And we've got a nice little shoe business, but he really lived by the mantra uh, lives by the mantra of either you're either growing or you're dying. And 
and, and I just loved that he never got complacent in any way, shape, or form, and just kept attacking and attacking and attacking, and uh, and and he finally climbed to the top of his mountain was a lot higher up than other people's, and by the time he got up to that, he I think he, I think it's safe to say he's achieved that peak at this point, but when he could have easily put it on cruise control one, two, three, he passed on it so many different times to get to a point where he's really changed. He's basically involved and created his own industry, if you will, and he deserves to be idolized as an icon for it uh, for, those, for those reasons. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the, the whole, his, you know, being that he was a CPA, you know, for, for, I don't know, the first three or four years of, of running Nike, he worked for that CPA firm. I think it was Ernst & Young. And he went drinking with that guy, his boss, every night. You know, they were getting shit-faced. But, um, but, and, and he kept saying, you know, our, and then he quit there, and that's when I think his sales started. They were, like, doubling every year, and the banks were shaking their heads saying, no, we're not going to, you know, we're not supporting this. You have to have cash flow. And he's like, but we're, we're doing $10 million in sales. Sorry. You know, in our mind, you're you're you know one day away from being bankrupt, and the whole just the whole shell. I, I I'm telling you, I would I would be listening to this book, and I was feeling so agitated, but at the same time inspired, because I'm thinking, I I just don't know how he did it. He he must have had just an, an unbelievable sense of resilience. Again, you know. what what it comes down to is an amazing master strokes at the right time. And it, it, it also happened in an era in between 72 and 79, 80, 81, where the running boom really exploded. Yeah. And he, he, was, he, was a, he benefited from that in a huge way by getting somebody like Pre to wear his shoes, getting all the big guys like Alberto Salazar, Frank Shorter, all these guys were wearing his shoes. And when these guys were the biggest runners on the planet, and when suddenly the New York City uh, marathon went from 25 people and 200 and 2,000 to 20,000 and yeah. 30,000, all these people were wearing Nike. And that's really what it was. And then clever marketing with Bo Jackson and, and uh, Michael Jordan certainly you know, did the other side. I think it was just yeah. right time, right place. Well, I, right, so, you know, preparation, you, you know, they say great preparation gives you luck, right? So he, you know, all the stories of him going personally to those races, right, opening up the back of his trunk, selling the shoes or showing the shoes, right? Um, right. But, that, but to the Michael Jordan thing, how unbelievably cool was it that he, you know, was very close to those athletes. And then, you know, I, I don't know if you guys heard the line or, or read the line where he says, um, you know, when his son died, at 7.30 the next morning, Tiger Woods calls him. And he says in the book, uh, no one can ever say anything to me derogatory about Tiger Woods. Period. The end. So, uh, and obviously he put that, so I don't know if he, the, the Tiger Woods, uh, uh, crap hadn't come out when he wrote the book. And Nike was the only one that stood by Tiger Woods during all of that. Everyone dropped him, but I think Nike. So that was very interesting. You know, the people component and being loyal and sticking to, uh, you know, the people that supported you, I, I think. So 
I don't know. In fact, I, the only athlete, the only athlete that uh, Nike's dropped in the last ten years outside of Mab has been Lance Armstrong. Yeah, well, because he was a because che- I think Nike didn't believe in people that cheated, right? I mean, cheat, maybe you could cheat on your wife, but not on other competitors. I don't know. Interesting. Well, there's a lot of conjecture about that. Maybe it's not just the cheating; it's the throwing everybody under the bus at the same time. Right. 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 So, which is a tra- which is the case in how you treat people. You be yeah. nice all the time to everybody, even if they're being mean to you. But Tiger Woods Tell was kindness. Tiger Woods Tell was a time. jerk. Who? Tiger. Lance? Oh, Tiger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you never know. You know, what I, again, I'm, I, I felt listening to the book, <laughs> how naive I was in the, I've never worked for a huge company. Uh, certainly, I've never been an executive of a huge company. I've only ever worked for small companies, and I just found it fascinating to learn and see the behind the behind the workings of this. So, um, any other comments? And you know, the principles of Phil Knight, or you know, and how it relates to our business. I mean, I felt when I was listening to him going from track me to track me to track me to opening up his. Uh, the the trunk of his car, you know, I just for sure related that to canvassing, right? You know, which, which is what I do every week. You know, and the cold calling and and you know, getting the rejections and, you know, did you guys feel the same way? No doubt about it. I think if there's one word that described this book and everybody's already touched on it, it would be persistence. Yeah. Right, persistence overall. The overall, right? The hard work, the lack of money, the obstacles, the government, the other governments, the the people that tried to screw him. I mean, how many people would? I think everyone would agree. How many people would have just given up multiple, multiple times with what he faced? His resilience. Yeah, I think persistence and resilience is definitely one of them. But I think truly believing in the product that you're that you're selling or whatever it is that you're going after, like truly believing in that. Like I think one of the things that I took away from the book is he really believed that there was a better, more valuable like running shoe out there and like submitting all the different designs to the folks in, in Japan and everything too. Like I think having a firm belief in like whatever product it is, this location or shopping center, whatever it is that you're trying to pitch also makes you more resilient. Absolutely. Now, what happens when you don't believe? You know, I think we all can lease properties we don't believe in. How do we overcome that? Because it's our job. We have to. How do we, how do we take up something we're not overly in love with and passionate about and sell it? You push through. Every property is right for a particular tenant. So just because yeah, I agree. I agree. A hole for every button. Yeah, a hole just because for every we don't. I know this is Jennifer McKay. I joined the call kind of late. Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt. Hi, Jennifer. Love that. I'm doing that. I'm going to steal that. <laughs> okay. I yeah, absolutely. I loved it. I stole it from someone else many years ago. It really does make sense in a lot of arenas. 
But I, do, I think you're right, Eddie and Jennifer, that we, we just, there is a space for everybody. And it's our job to go out there and find it. And, and frankly, when we, when we do lease those properties that, are, that we're not overly passionate about but, but bring success to them, those are almost sweeter than the ones that we love, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Jennifer, did you get to read the book? Or listen? I, I, I got to listen. I, did not, I just saw this earlier this morning, and I had a conference call, but I thought it couldn't hurt to listen and see if I you know, could be a part of it. So I'm glad oh, no, I did. Not yeah. everyone has to read the book. I think, Barry, you didn't get a chance to read the book yet, right? Is Barry still on? I didn't. Sorry, I had it on mute. Uh, I did yeah. not. But now yeah, it sounds but, very interesting. I'm, I'll have it on my list. And now it sounds interesting and great insights from you and Aaron in particular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can tell. You guys, you guys can tell by now. I think this is like our 16th book club call. You know when I like a book and when, and when I don't. It's pretty apparent when when I'm liking a book and when I'm not liking a book. This is definitely. This is, I would say, right after Never Split the Difference for me, and and probably the Jeff Lund book. So you, who had hey Beth, this is, uh, oh, go ahead. this is Daniel. You guys were talking about, you know, positive self-talk. I think there's like a, something you can learn from these athletes like Michael Jordan or Messi or Ronaldo or whoever you like. You know, when they're doing something and the focus is on them, I don't even think that they overcome any negative talk. I, I think that they're, because they practice and they've, work so hard that that when they're in the moment, whatever they're doing, they don't even have to overcome any negative talk. They're like in the zone and they probably have a too much confidence. So, you know, that can be a negative, but I think that once you get to that state, you know, nothing, if a door closes, it just channels you into the door that you should be searching for. Yeah. uh, I think the next book uh, Josie, are you on the call? Is she there? Hello? So oh, I'm next, sorry, I missed that. The next book... I'm sorry, is, I was muted. Yeah. Well, is the next book Relentless? I have to look that up one moment. Oh, okay. No, the next book is Go Give Her Sell More. Oh, thank you. Go give her some more. So, uh, but uh, one of the future books is Relentless, which I'm in the in I'm the middle of listening to now. And the guy, I'm pretty sure that's the name of the book. The guy is a coach to athletes, specifically has coached Jordan Johnson. So here, I do know some basketball names, and Dwayne Wade. And it is they talk about exactly, Daniel, what you just said about the mindset of an athlete. And it's very interesting. I don't love it as much as I love this one, but I find it fascinating because he takes you into the mind of um, the, they call them cleaners, and I think cleaners and closers. And uh, that's a future book we'll be, we'll be uh, having on the book club. And it's exactly what you said. You know, what is the difference between a rock star athlete and where is his mindset? So I think, Daniel, you'll like that book because it's very similar to what you said. Cool. 
Has I have a quick question. Else? Did you say the next book was – I'm sorry to interrupt. I just had a question. I saw when I was Googling Go Givers Sell More. Is that what we were, you were thinking about reading I, that? I'm waiting for uh, Josie to tell me what I posted. Ah, okay. Yeah. It is, it's called Go Givers Sell More by Bob Berg and John David Mann. Awesome. Yeah. 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 Okay. I, I have read that one in the past. I loved it. I'm going to reread it. And if you, and you know, uh, I tend to be more of a giving, you know, serving person when it comes to selling. And this has been. He wrote this book a few years ago, and it he, it was it went through like a like a kind of a trend. But I, I think it's a good. You know, it also goes along with Gary Vaynerchuk, jab, 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 right hook. So I think you guys will like it. Uh, and then, um, and it's posted on the website. The date of it. I don't. Who, who is someone on my website? And I'm sorry, you guys. I'm, I'm prepared. Our air conditioning went out in our office today, so I'm doing this call from home. So I don't have oh, anything yeah. in front of me. Oh. No, this is Brooke. Yeah, I have your email up. So the next book club is August 16th, and then you had mentioned Relentless. That's the one that we'll discuss on November 8th. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. So yeah, You're welcome. the next book. Club is August 16th, so it's the Bob Berg. And um, does anyone what else have anything that the Go Givers Sell More by Bob Berg on August 16th? Yeah. Go Givers Sell More. Sell More, right. So, um, anything else that you guys want to chat about this book or anything in particular in selling or leasing space? Are we all getting ready? For, you know, those of you from Florida, we've got South Florida. I mean, we've got the Florida conference coming up in August. Uh, Retail Live is out in Austin in August as well. Barry and I will be out there. We're both speaking. Barry and I also have our from leasing agent to property owner webinar coming up in August as well. So lots of activity going on in August. Right, cool. Does anyone have any other questions or, or things they want to throw out to the group for, for input? Uh, Eddie, you have anything? You know, there's something that touched me while I was listening to the book that kind of put that whole Ritz Carlton mentality back into play, and it was when LeBron James gave Phil Knight a custom engraved Rolex. And I think it, the reason I bring it up is because I would say for LeBron to do something small and for his income that would be something small to give to Phil Knight, but the fact that it makes it into the book, for us to do something very small for a tenant or a client makes a huge impact. So I agree. If you know somebody, yeah, you know somebody likes a little whatever, I've got a client and – I'm sure she won't hear this. I, I don't think she would hear this, but I'm, I'm going to say it right now. She has been known in Phoenix because she has purple streaks in her hair. So I am now looking for those little troll dolls that have purple hair. I think that's just like those little memorable touches. Absolutely. I, um, in Boston, I was meeting with someone that was uh, that's talking to me about coming in to, to coach their team. And um, they said that they, when they're canvassing or prior to canvassing, they try to come up with cute 
this is not this, you're talking more about gifts. This is more like of a marketing novelty thing. But for mm -hmm. example, if they let's say they have a hundred shopping centers and they need nail salons in five of them, that they have ordered nail files and put the name of their company on the nail file and then mailed out the nail files to the nail salon with a postcard of the shopping center. And then the leasing That's agent goes yeah, and then the leasing agent goes in afterwards and says, Hi, uh, you know, we're with XYZ company and the nail salon owner goes, Oh, you sent the nail file. That is awesome. That is different from so, what you're saying. You're saying, you know, you know, that I think the I think the best gift givers are the best listeners. You know, I pride myself on when I hear someone say, Oh, I I wish I could have that or you know, that oh that would be cool, like seven months before their birthday. And I try to, you know, keep that in the back of my mind so that when and I put it in my Evernote, you know, ideas for a future gift for this person. Because um, that's it's always very surprising when, you know, they get it in the mail and you're like, How did you know I wanted that? And you know, and being a good salesperson obviously requires you to be a very good listener. So what we're, what we're talking about, and I've, I've actually recently just kind of, I don't know how I got involved, got in, interested in it, but I mean, we're talking about word of mouth marketing. And, you know, so there's a, there's a podcast called Top, Top Triggers. There's a book called Top Triggers by the same author. Um, Seth Godin's Purple Cow talks about word of mouth marketing. It is, it is a topic that I bring up to every one of our retailers on a daily basis because everyone, since we're all talking mostly local retailers, they need something small that they are, that they master about their business that makes it so remarkable that they're going to stand out. You know, so what we're talking about with the nail file or, you know, and it, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and it's called Pop Triggers. Hello? I'm listening. Oh, I think I lost everything. I heard. So I, word of mouth marketing is huge for us right now, and it's a very important topic for me that I bring up when, I, when I'm talking with retailers on a daily basis. Love that. Love that. Okay, well, it's about... Have anything else that anyone wants to speak about? Uh, I hope that you guys will be on the next call, and then I hope I see some of you either in Orlando, or Retail Live, or on Barry and I's webinar. If you want to own real estate, we're going to go over some case studies. Uh, How do I get on your mailing list? Uh, send me an email when we hang up. That's at azoradvisoryservices.com, and we'll send you the link. I tell you what, yeah, I'll I look do it forward to seeing you in Austin. Yeah, I'm excited, Greg. Greg, I'm going to meet you in person. I'm excited, Greg. Can you tell I'm excited? It'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, I am. It'll be fun. <laughs> All right, guys, have a There's great day. There's a lot of great retail in Austin. Thank you. Well, don't don't, don't so much. Guys. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye.